Are you ready? Live from the Metal Mayhem Studios in Rochester, New York. We are gold. We are and heard around the world by metalheads just like you. This is Metal Mayhem ROC. Heavy metal music. Your weekly dose of metal music. Interviews, album reviews, news, and more. Want to be part of the show? Send us a message through our website, MetalMayhemROC.com. Or hit us up on Facebook and Twitter. Search Metal Mayhem ROC. It's getting nice and heavy. Now, welcome our hosts, John the Vernomatic Verno and Metal Forever Mark. <laughs> Tis the season. It's December. It's the holiday season. It's time to jam metal, talk metal. Welcome to the show. I'm John the Vernomatic Verno, my partner in metal crime, Metal Forever Mark. He's out Christmas shopping or uh, checking out some new metal, but he'll be back next week and we'll catch up with him then. But for tonight, you're with me, and I want to thank you if you're a regular show listener for coming back and sharing your Thursday night with us. If you're new to the show, welcome aboard. You could go to the MetalMayhemROC.com website. That's where we'll have past shows. You could listen to old interviews, download them, review them. Show notes are there with links to any of the music that we play or anything like that. So, again, that's Metal Mayhem ROC. Tonight's feature interview is a spotlight on the band Spirit Adrift. If you're not familiar with Spirit Adrift, they're from Phoenix, Arizona. It's the brainchild of multi-instrumentalist Nate Garrett. They have released four albums. Their first one came out in 2016, and their brand new one, 2020 release, just came out called Enlightened in Eternity. This band's really good. They're uh, a mixture of 70s metal, 80s metal. They draw their influences from the 80 bands, and it's a real nice sound. I really dig them. Well, their drummer, Marcus Bryant, is with us tonight. I had a chance to do a phone interview with him. Dude's a cool dude. We talk about how he got into band, how he got into metal, how him and Nate write the music, and where the band's going in 2020. We also do show segments, Fire and Ice, and Mount Rushmore of Metal. Tonight's show sponsor is Freedom Hand Sanitizer. And then throughout this interview, I do sprinkle in some new music from the Enlightened in Eternity release. So let's get to it. Metal Mayhem ROC. Attention metalheads, we all want to return to concert venues soon. Introducing Metal Mayhem ROC Metal Forever Freedom X Sanitizer. This sanitizer product is water and foam based, manufactured with proprietary HYIQ solution. That's right, no alcohol, but more effective. Manufactured following FDA sanitizer monograph guidelines. It applies smooth without irritating the skin. Safe for all ages. Keep your friends and family safe with Metal Mayhem ROC's own sanitizer. Visit Metal Mayhem MetalMayhemROC.com or MetalForever.com to order your bottles now. Use promo code METAL at the Freedom X checkout store for a show discount. Now, now back to Metal Mayhem ROC. Hey, this is Marcus Bryant with Spirit Adrift, and you're listening to Metal Mayhem ROC.
So tonight's feature interview, we're talking with Marcus Bryan, drummer of the Phoenix metal band Spirit Adrift. Their new release, Enlightened in Eternity, came out in October, and he's here to talk about the new album, some of the past albums, and what's ahead for the band. Marcus, welcome to Metal Mayhem ROC. Hey, thanks for having me. How you doing? Uh, we're doing all right. We're doing all right. Well, we're excited to have you on here tonight. Uh, the band is gaining a lot of momentum up here on some of the Metal Mayhem ROC Facebook and social media channels. And we're going to cover, obviously, the new one, Enlightened in Eternity. But we also want to have a quick little history of yourself. Tell me about Marcus and how you got into metal. I uh, got into metal. I'm originally from Dallas, Texas. Grew up in a musical family and uh, started playing drums. My brother started playing bass. Stole my oldest sister's cassette tape when I was about 10 years old, which was Metallica's Black Album. Heard that, fell in love, never looked back. You know, my brother and I went on to cover Black Sabbath, Motorhead, Danzig songs, and just started learning. You know, really never looked back. Like once we started playing music, once we got into heavy metal, it was just kind of like, oh, this is what, this is what I want to do with my life. Yeah, um, yeah it bites and us all. Been in band. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then like, I mean, oh, okay, touring is the thing, and live music. So it was just, I was all in from the first time my brother and I jammed together. And fast forward, you know, just being in tons of bands, going on tours. You know, terrible shows, great shows, you know, terrible bands, great bands. The same story as most people. And in this one, I was in local bands here, as was Nate. Um, he started, he released the first Spirit Adrift EP in full length um, in 2016. Um, I heard them, sent him a message on Facebook, just like, dude, this is amazing stuff love what you're doing. And he replied with something to the effect of, oh man, thank you so much. Maybe someday you'll be playing drums on it. And I go, all right. I mean, that's kind of what, you know, that's what I want to hear. <laughs> um, later in that year, like late, late 2016, we first got together and jammed. Uh, Nate had been, I think, scouting some different people out, you know, looking around town. Like we all played bands together or played shows together in our old bands. Um, so he had, Nate had an eye on the people that would work. Um, and yeah, and we started jamming late 2016 for a show we ended up never playing. Um, so really the life of Spirit Adrift as a band, I would say, uh, would have been like 2017. Oh, wow. So he sort, uh, of, yeah. he was sort of scouting you guys out, if you will. Yeah, I mean... I mean, I don't want to speak too much for him, but yeah. like he was in another project. He had this material that he just had to get out. Um, it made a, a major life change and stopped drinking um, far too much. <laughs> uh, funny thing is, is like we had played shows together, um, but we, we had had like very minimal interactions with one another, um, more just kind of from afar and through mutual friends. Um, and he was rowdy. Nate was rowdy. So, uh, him stopping drinking was, was a really good thing for him to do. <laughs> I think it was the best thing he could have done. Well, uh, um, well it, you know, works for a lot of people, you know, works for a lot of people and gave us this, this music, 
Um, yeah, and him and I, we just hit it off. We just hit it off right away. We're both completely obsessed with heavy metal music, uh, with music in general, rock music. Uh, he got me, he's been getting me super into into country music. He's pointed me in the right directions. <laughs> old school um, old school country, new school are all, you know, because... All, all the above, but mostly old. I mean, I, I, I would... I mean, it's no surprise, plenty of metalheads uh, and like, you know, punk rockers, whatever, love like old 70s rock, old, you know, 70s punk, you know, um, country music, outlaw country. So it's not a huge stretch, but uh, I also like didn't grow up around country music. I grew up around like blues and like soul music and gospel music. And that's what I was listening to in my family. So like Nate kind of brought the country over, you know, Marcus, how old are you? I'm 39. Okay. So you're 39. So if my math is Mm -hmm. anything, so you're digging up the black album back in 91. I was like like 10. Yeah. 10. I was a 10, 11, 91, 92. Um, yeah. My sister had a bunch of cassette tapes hidden in there. Um, cause we have, we have, uh, somewhat conservative upbringing um like religiously um and everything's good it's not like some crazy story but um so we would like hide some things you know my siblings and i (laughs) we'd hide our records um yeah and she had like metallica she had a bunch of other stuff that i didn't really get into a lot of the hair stuff yeah yeah but i heard the black album and was like yeah this is mine like this is like this is not my sister's music. This is not my par- parents' music. What is this that I'm listening to? And it was just, that was the beginning for me. That's great because I'm a little older. I'm in my early fifties and mm-hmm. my path was my gateway was early kiss. And then, Oh, amazing. Huh? Yeah. And then the, yeah. you know, the Ted Nugent and the Van Halen and then getting mm-hmm. into the, you know, the set Rest in peace. Very recently. Oh God, he's my he's my top guy. It's still tough. I mean, as I sit, we, my st- we wouldn't have heavy metal guitar. We wouldn't have the riffs like we do today if it weren't for him. Well, hold that. The, the play and style. Hold that. Yeah, we'll get there. Yeah, we have a segment <laughs> at the end of the show, fire and ice, and hold that thought. So, um, so you get into the Metallica. You're young. You start playing. You and your brother having your own little. Uh, you know, feeding off each other. You hook up with Nate and you're in the band. So now it's 2017 and you, uh, the first album you recorded with them was the... Was Curse of Conception, the second full length. The jump from Curse of Conception to Divided by Darkness in 2019, that was a maturing process. What can you say was the biggest change to the new one? Um, the biggest change from Divided by Darkness to Enlightened by Eternity, I would say, would be Nate really wanted this album, Enlightened by Eternity, to be fun uh, from beginning to end for us. Not only not only in terms of playing the material, uh, but performing it, um, what he's writing about and, and what he's singing about. Um, so Divided by Darkness was a very angry album, um, and there was a lot of intensity leading up to, and in those recording sessions, prior to even entering the studio for Enlightened in Eternity, 
we were we were touring for Divided by Darkness, and he was like writing lyrics, he was writing songs, he'd pass me demos in the van, and I'm listening to my headphones, like, dude, that riff is sick, hell yeah. <laughs> um, like he, Nate is always writing, so like he's just passing stuff back and forth. Um, like, dude, check this out. Um, and he just kept saying, like, I just like this next record is going to be like, I want it to be fun. I want it to be fun. I'm not going to like, yeah, he didn't want to dance around, you know, with like tons of dynamics, um, although there are plenty. But uh, as far as like using so much clean tone, this and that back and forth on the pedal board for him, the songs were just straightforward, fun, positive. And this was all written. Recorded, we recorded January of 2020. Without deep diving too much into the knobs and frequencies, does Nate demo it? And then you guys basic, oh, yeah. b- basically a few tweakings in the studio. And how is the studio mm-hmm. time? You record down in Phoenix? Um, we've done it. We've done it differently. Um, the way that Spirit Drift songs come together, they are, they are very much Nate's songs. Um, Nate writes, r- Nate demos, writes and demos everything at home. And then will send me over like a pretty much completed song minus drums. Like there will be skeleton drum ideas and rhythms in there. And then we'll get together like over his laptop, my wherever with our laptops. And rather than jam out the songs, uh, we will sit there and listen with an objective ear. And I will go through and program the drums uh, with Nate, and we we approach it that way to what is best for the song, regardless of, you know, and kind of throwing out like what I would, what most drummers or musicians might default to uh, with their physical limitations or habits or whatever it may be. And we, I've really fallen in love with this, this writing process uh, because we're both obsessed with efficiency and this is the most efficient method. So he can put a really, really good song together, send it over to me. I can just walk around and listen to it. I have an electric kit here at home. We can program things out. And then, we, like I said, we get together. We find what works. By the time we get into the studio, we know exactly what we're going to do. Like the songs are done. All the hits are ready. You know, there might be some little happy accidents or some of that like studio magic where you just get a wild hair 
and you just try something different and that's what works. Um, but we go to the studio, studio incredibly prepared, very prepared. What attracted me to the band was the one, the production is fantastic. It's um, I think it, it, it's, it falls on less is more. And the fact, yeah. the fact that you're releasing this stuff, it's coming out every year or basically every year. And it's just a, a, a organic progression. It's you really get attached to it. So what's the game plan moving forward? And I know it's a tough time because of COVID. You haven't even been able to properly promote this. Do we have plans about picking up the tour that was postponed for this year? Are there dates? Are there what, what's what's 2021 tentatively looking like? Um, well, yeah, we had the we had you may have seen the the, the corrosion of conformity and the Orange Goblin tours in Europe. Um, those were both pushed back a full calendar year, but it's not. I mean, it's not looking that good. Um, the tour with corrosion of conformity. Uh, is, you know, this upcoming summer. We want a tour. That's what we do. You know, we love playing live music. That's how you support an album. Um, that is my absolute favorite part of, of being in a band and being a musician is playing music live. So not having that is, is I mean, we've come to terms with it as best we can. Um, so, so far, how we've been handling it is, you know, we're talking with, with our agents, you know, both in North America and over there. And things are still just pretty much up in the air because everyone's just kind of waiting to like, see when, where, and how can we put on a show? Yeah. You know, and, 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 and everyone seems to be asking those questions, you know, and there are people doing some different things here and there. I saw the, I saw the, the flaming lips did their like, their like dome concert or are about to, what, uh, what, what's they, that? The people are in little igloos. Yeah, they're, they're in like little like plastic or rubber like clear like hamster ball looking things. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I and I'm saw... like, well, there you go. There's an option, but you know, that's the flaming lips. We can't all pull that off. <laughs> yeah, I know. And you know, um, the streaming thing goes so far, and and yeah, we'll probably do more of that. We'll probably do. You know, there, there's a good chance because that's what people are doing if they can't play in front of people, you know, bands get together and, you know, have some cool lighting or not, whatever works for whatever project, you know, there may be more streaming stuff, but we'd rather play live. We're talking with Marcus Bryant, drummer of the band Spirit Adrift. We're touching on the Enlightened and Eternity release, and we're getting down to the bottom of what they do during COVID. So, Marcus, this is probably the longest layoff since you've been in a band that you haven't played mm -hmm. live. How does that how does that <laughs> affect your your yin and your yang? Because you get creative, you, re, you you do the album, and then you go on tour and you play it, and then you go back to the con conceiving recording. Are you and Nate getting together and jamming just to keep your chops up? Do you practice much, or is it just whatever well yeah it has been it's been quite to, quite the year to say the least um this is the longest i've i've ever gone since i started playing live music without playing live um and i do want to say too that that i i do think that playing live music is a privilege and so i'm very 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 grateful to be in a position to be able to do that or at least i used to be <laughs> um so it is a privilege 
and and I'm very grateful for the opportunity to do it. But it is really strange to have to pump the brakes. You know, you're used to that normal cycle of, like you said, you know, get the songs together, get them demoed up, go into the studio, put the album together, artwork, and now you're excited. You're like rehearsing, gearing up for tour, no tour, you know? Yeah. So you're like, all right. So I've been rehearsing a lot still, still playing. The fact of the matter is, is I just need to consume and play music to feel okay. So that's what I do, you know, and, and we have our lives outside of music as well. To answer the jamming question, Nate moved to uh, moved outside of Austin, Texas, right after we recorded this album. So he's living out in Texas now. So we have not been jamming. <laughs> um, I flew out there like for like to hang out and we did some like photos a little while back. Um, but yeah, so we're not jamming, but you know, we talk all the time, sending music back and forth, you know, handling some different um, press things here and there. Uh, I know Nate's writing. Like I said, Nate's always writing. Yeah, Nate's always um, writing. <laughs> Nate's always writing. And, and you know, and he's he shared a couple things with me. So, you know. It, it was uh, a funny. Uh, a lot of uncertainty right now. A couple of weeks ago, we had Sean Peck on from Death Dealer. And they uh-huh. they just released their Conquered Lands album. And he's like, you know, we already have, like, uh, Death Dealer 4 written and ready that's in the can. This that, this one we're just releasing, you know, this was done, like, mm-hmm. a year and a half ago. You know, he's already on <laughs> Death Dealer 5. But Yeah, I understand. Yeah, that's that's how it works for a lot of bands. Now, uh, when you first got into Spirit of Drift, you were uh, splitting time with uh, another band? I was in a band and still jam with them. Uh, Goya um, and Goya's guitarist was also in Spirit of Drift. Uh, that's what so I was, was getting at. It was a yeah. big six degrees of Spirit of Drift and, you know, how was everyone connected? Yeah. Spirit of Drift was like, yeah, was live, was made up of like two local Phoenix bands, lo- local Arizona bands. Before we wrap things up, uh, can we get out um, social channels? Where could people find you? Is it just Spirit Adrift searching? What are the uh, addresses? Oh, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, we're on. We have uh, Nate put up a website just where, like, people can find everything. So he put up, uh, we have spiritadrift.com. We're also just on Instagram as Spirit Adrift. We're on Facebook and I think that's it for like the social media is like we post stuff on there and on our websites. So that's where you can, where you can stay up to speed with all that's going on with us. Yeah. And we'll, we'll have all this up on our, uh, our website under the show notes. Mm-hmm. So Marcus, we're going to finish the show with a couple of cool segments. This one's called fire and ice. Now okay. I got five questions and I just need the answers. Some of them Ooh, are, all right. some of them are obvious. Some of them aren't. First one, Roth or Hagar? Roth. Ozzy or Dio? Ozzy. Blizzard or Diary? Mm. Blizzard. Heaven and Hell or Mob Rules? Mob Rules. Oh, that's uh, <laughs> that, that's interesting. <laughs> Staying with Judas Priest, three recorded drummers 
Les Binks, Dave Holland, Scott Travis. Oh, man. I can't remember who's on the album I'm thinking of, which is a crime. Well, Can I say something about that? Uh, well, you you, uh, you want to use, use a lifeline? I, I would love to be able to. Well, Les, was, Les Binks was the 70s. Holland was yeah. early 80s. And Travis was now through, you know, from late 80s to now. Okay, then, yeah. So it was, it. Travis was on Painkiller. Yes. Painkiller's drumming is madness. <laughs> okay. So that. <laughs> okay, Metallica. This is sacrilegious. All right. Cliff, Jason, or Rob? Cliff. Okay. This one is fun. Okay. The the subject is black. Best okay. bl- best black album. Back in black or the black album? Back in black. Really? Even with your history of the black album? Because of my history with the black album. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> And staying in or moving into a little more of your generation, if you will, you have to pick one. Pearl Jam, okay. Nirvana, Alice in Chains. Alice in Chains all day, every day. Great. I saw him with Van Halen back in the day. Oh, amazing. How was that? How great was that? Oh, it was great. I'm not even going to tell you what I've seen because it's... <laughs> so you're going to break my heart. <laughs> the advantage of being 53 and a metalhead. Yep. Yeah, you've got to see. Uh, I that, can only imagine. That being said, the last question of the night, I need Marcus Bryant's top four metal concerts that you've attended all time. Ooh, okay. I've been to some really good ones. And Maybe rem- not as good as you. No, no, but and remember, there's no wrong answer. This is Oh, you, of course, yeah. This is your top four. It could have been the people you went with. It could have been, mm-hmm. you know, the girl you met. It could have been anything but those four concerts. Okay. Well, one of them I will start with, and I cannot, the year escapes me right now. I think it was like the early 2000s, but it was a, it was an Ozfest, which was the original Black Sabbath lineup, Judas Priest and Slayer were the three headliners and I drove to California to see it. Mm. There's plenty of other great bands, but the fact that I was getting to see those three bands back to back, so that would be one. Uh, fun, be one. F- fun fact with that, part of the reason mm-hmm. uh, Judas Priest was on that bill, that was mm-hmm. that was the tour that Rob came back from after you know he was out of the band. Yeah, yeah. It was so that if Ozzy couldn't make it one of those nights, Rob would fill in, and he did fill in down in New Jersey. There's YouTube. Did vid- you really? Yeah, there's YouTube footage of that. I read that in the I read that in the KK Downing book. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, wow, that's really cool. I did, I had no idea that yeah. show was. I was smiling ear to ear the entire. I couldn't believe. Yeah, I mean, I was getting to see Black Sabbath, which is like who taught me how to play drums, pretty much. So, <laughs> you know, Bill Ward was my teacher in so many ways. Oh, Bill Ward, so. he was great. All so right, that's so, one concert. So we got Ozfest with Slayer, Reformed, well, both Reformed Sabbath and Priest. And Priest, yeah. So it was that pre-Sabbath with the Slayer was just like, all right, cool. It was just like a bonus. Um, that would have been one. The other one would be, I would say, Pantera 2001, Reinventing the Steel tour, because Morbid Angel was on that tour. 
and they're my favorite death metal band. So that was a double whammy that night. <laughs> There's another. I have to say the first time I saw Motorhead, because the first song I ever played on drums with my brother, we played Orgasmatron. I love Motorhead. Oh, um, yeah. So, so the first time I saw Motorhead and then I saw the back of the shirt, everything louder than everyone else. But when I found out that was actually true, Without deep diving too much into the knobs and frequencies, does Nate demo it? And then you guys basic, oh, yeah. basically a few tweakings in the studio. And how is the studio mm -hmm. time? You record down in Phoenix? Um, we've done it. We've done it differently. Um, the way that Spirit Drift songs come together, they are, they are very much Nate's songs. Um, Nate writes, Nate demos, writes and demos everything at home. And then will send me over like a pretty much completed song minus drums. Like there will be skeleton drum ideas and rhythms in there. And then we'll get together like over his laptop, my wherever with our laptops. And rather than jam out the songs, uh, we will sit there and listen with an objective ear. And I will go through and program the drums. Uh, with Nate, and we we approach it that way to what is best for the song, regardless of, you know, and kind of throwing out like what I would, what most drummers or musicians might default to uh, with their physical limitations or habits or whatever it may be. And we, I have really fallen in love with this, this writing process uh, because we're both obsessed with efficiency <laughs> and this, is the most efficient method. So he can put a really, really good song together, send it over to me. I can just walk around and listen to it. I have an electric kit here at home. We can program things out. And then, we, like I said, we get together, we find what works. By the time we get into the studio, we know exactly what we're going to do. Like the songs are done. All the hits are ready. You know, there might be some little happy accidents or some of that like studio magic where you just get a wild hair and you just try something different and that's what works. Um, but we go to the studio, studio incredibly prepared, very prepared. What attracted me to the band was the one, the production is fantastic. It's um, I think it, it, it's, it falls on less is more. And the fact, yeah. the fact that you're releasing this stuff, it's coming out every year or basically every year. And it's just a, a, a organic progression it's you really get attached to it so what's the game plan moving forward and i know it's a tough time because of covid you haven't even been able to properly promote this do we have plans about picking up the tour that was postponed for this year are there dates are there what, what's what's 2021 tentatively looking like um well yeah we had the we had, you may have seen the, the, the Corrosion of Conformity and the Orange Goblin tours in Europe. Um, those were both pushed back a full calendar year. But it's not, I mean, it's not looking that good. Um, the tour with Corrosion of Conformity uh, is, you know, this upcoming summer. We want a tour. That's what we do. You know, we love playing live music. That's how you support an album. Um, that is my absolute favorite part of of 
being in a band and being a musician is playing music live. So not having that is, is, I mean, we've come to terms with it as best we can. Um, so, so far how we've been handling it is, you know, we're talking with, with our agents, you know, both in North America and over there and things are still just pretty much up in the air because everyone's just kind of waiting to like, see when, where, and how, can we put on a show? Yeah. You know, and, 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 and everyone seems to be asking those questions, you know, and there are people doing some different things here and there. I saw the, I saw the, the flaming lips did their like, their like dome concert or are about to, what, uh, what, what, what's they, that? The people are in little igloos. Yeah. They're in like little, like plastic or rubber, like clear, like hamster ball looking things like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, well, there you go. There's an option, but you know, that's the flaming lips. We can't all pull that off. Yeah, I know. (laughs) And you know, Um, the streaming thing goes so far and, and yeah, we'll probably do more of that. We'll probably do, you know, there's a good chance because that's what people are doing. If they can't play in front of people, you know, bands get together and, you know, have some cool lighting or not, whatever works for whatever project, you know, there may be more streaming stuff but we'd rather play live. We're talking with Marcus Bryant, drummer of the band Spirit Adrift. We're touching on the Enlightened and Eternity release, and we're getting down to the bottom of what they do during COVID. So, Marcus, this is probably the longest layoff since you've been in a band that you haven't played mm-hmm. live. How does that, a- how does that <laughs> affect your your yin and your yang because you get creative, you re, you you do the album, and then you go on tour and you play it, and then you go back to the con- conceiving recording. Are you and Nate getting together and jamming just to keep your chops up? Do you practice much, or is it just whatever? Well, yeah, it has been it's been quite to, quite the year to say the least. Um, this is the longest I've I've ever gone since I started playing live music without playing live. Um, and I do want to say too, that, that I, I do think that playing live music is a privilege. And so I'm very, very, very grateful to be in a position to be able to do that. At least I used to be. <laughs> um, so it is a privilege and, and I'm very grateful for the opportunity to do it, but it is really strange to have to pump the brakes. You know, you're used to that normal cycle of, like you said, you know, get the songs together, get them demoed up, go into the studio, put the album together, artwork. And now you're excited. You're like rehearsing, gearing up for tour, no tour, you know? Yeah. So you're like, all right. So I've been rehearsing a lot still, still playing. The fact of the matter is, is I just need to consume and play music to feel okay. So that's what I do, you know, and, and we have our lives outside of music as well. To answer the jamming question, Nate moved to uh, moved outside of Austin, Texas, right after we recorded this album. So he's living out in Texas now. So we have not been jamming. <laughs> um, I flew out there like for like to hang out, and we did some like photos a little while back. Um, but yeah, so we're not jamming, but you know we talk all the time, sending music back and forth. You know, handling some different. Um, press things here and there. Uh, I know Nate's writing. Like I said, Nate's always writing. Yeah. Nate's always um, writing. <laughs> Nate's always writing. And, and, you know, and he's, he shared a couple things with me. So, you know, 
it was uh, a funny. Uh, a lot of uncertainty right now. A couple of weeks ago, we had Sean Peck on from Death Dealer, and they uh-huh. they just released their Conquered Lands album, and he's like, you know. We already have like uh, Death Dealer Four written and ready. That's in the can. This that this one we're just releasing. You know, this was done mm-hmm. like a year and a half ago. You know, he's already on <laughs> Death Dealer Five. But yeah, I understand. Yeah, that's that's how it works for a lot of bands. Now, uh, when you first got into Spirit of Drift, you were uh, splitting time with uh, another band. I was in a band and still jam with them. Uh, Goya um, and Goya's guitarist was also in Spirit of Drift. Uh, that's what so I was, was getting at. It was a yeah. big six degrees of Spirit of Drift and, you know, how was everyone connected? Yeah. Spirit of Drift was like, yeah, was live, was made up of like two local Phoenix bands, lo- local Arizona bands. Before we wrap things up, uh, can we get out um, social channels? Where could people find you? Is it just Spirit Adrift searching? What are the uh, addresses? Oh, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, we're on. We have uh, Nate put up a website just where, like, people can find everything. So he put up, uh, we have spiritadrift.com. We're also just on Instagram as Spirit Adrift. We're on Facebook. And I think that's it for like the social media is like we post stuff on there and on our websites. So that's where you can where you can stay up to speed with all that's going on with us. Yeah, and we'll we'll have all this up on our uh, our website under the show notes. Mm-hmm. So, Marcus, we're gonna finish the show with a couple cool segments. This one's called Fire and Ice. Now, okay, I got five questions and I just need the answers. Some of them Ooh, are all right. Some of them are obvious. Some of them aren't. First one, Roth or Hagar? Roth. Ozzy or Dio? Ozzy. Blizzard or Diary? Mm. Blizzard. Heaven and Hell or Mob Rules? Mob Rules. Oh, that's that's interesting. (laughs) Staying with Judas Priest, three recorded... Drummers, Les Binks, Dave Holland, Scott Travis. Oh, man. I can't remember who's on the album I'm thinking of, which is a crime. Well, Can I say something about that? Uh, well, you you, uh, you want to use, use a lifeline? I, I would love to be able to. Well, Les, was, Les Binks was the 70s. Holland was yeah. early 80s. And Travis was now through, you know, from late 80s to now. Okay, then yeah. So it was it Travis was on Painkiller. Yes. Painkiller's drumming is madness. <laughs> okay. So that. <laughs> okay, Metallica. This is sacrilegious. All right. Cliff, Jason or Rob? Cliff. Okay. This one is fun. Okay, the the subject is black. Best okay. bl- best black album. Back in Black or the Black Album? Back in Black. Really? Even with your history of the Black Album? Because of my history with the Black Album. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And staying in or moving into a little more of your generation, if you will, you have to pick one. Pearl Jam, Nirvana, Alice in Chains. Alice in Chains all day, every day. 
great. I saw him with Van Halen back in the day. Oh, amazing. How was that? How great was that? Oh, it was great. I'm not even going to tell you what I've seen because it's... <laughs> so you're going to break my heart. <laughs> the advantage of being 53 and a metalhead. Yeah, yeah you've got to see... Uh... I that, can only imagine. That being said, the last question of the night, I need Marcus Bryant's top four metal concerts that you've attended all time. Ooh. Okay. I've been to some really good ones. And Maybe rem- not as good as you. No, no, but and remember, there's no wrong answer. This is Oh, you, of course, yeah. This is your top four. It could have been the people you went with. It could have been, mm-hmm. you know, the girl you met. It could have been anything but those four concerts. Okay. Well, one of them I will start with, and I cannot, the year escapes me right now. I think it was like the early 2000s, but it was a, it was an Ozfest, which was the original Black Sabbath lineup, Judas Priest and Slayer were the three headliners and I drove to California to see it. Mm. There's plenty of other great bands, but the fact that I was getting to see those three bands back to back, so that would be one. Uh, fun, be one. F- fun fact with that, part of the reason mm-hmm. uh, Judas Priest was on that bill, that was, mm-hmm. that was the tour that Rob came back from after you know he was out of the band. Yeah, yeah. It was so that if Ozzy couldn't make it one of those nights, Rob would fill in, and he did fill in down in New Jersey. There's YouTube. Did you really? Yeah, there's YouTube footage of that. I read that in the. I read that in the KK Downing book. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, wow, that's really cool. I did. I had no idea that show was. I was smiling ear to ear the entire. I couldn't believe. Yeah, I mean, I was getting to see Black Sabbath, which is like who taught me how to play drums, pretty much. So, (laughs) you know, Bill Ward was my teacher in so many ways. Oh, Bill Ward, he was great. All so right, that's so, one concert. So we got Ozfest with Slayer, Reformed, well, both Reformed Sabbath and Priest. And Priest, yeah. So it was that Priest Sabbath with the Slayer was just like, all right, cool. It was just like a bonus. Um, that would have been one. The other one would be, I would say, Pantera 2001, Reinventing the Steel tour, because Morbid Angel was on that tour, and they're my favorite death metal band. So that was a double whammy that night. <laughs> There's another. I have to say, the first time I saw Motorhead, because the first song I ever played on drums with my brother, we played Orgasmatron. I love Motorhead. Um, Yeah. So so the first time I saw Motorhead, and then I saw the back of the shirt, everything louder than everyone else, when I found out that was actually true. Unfortunately, we lost the last 90 seconds of that interview. And the last entry that Marcus had on his Mount Rushmore of metal was Roger Waters doing The Wall in its entirety in Los Angeles. Damn technology. Again, the band is Spirit Adrift. The new one that just came out a little while ago in October, Enlightened in Eternity. Great band, have a lot of potential, really enjoy them. Again, all this will be in the show notes at the website, metalmayhemroc.com. We're going to get out of here, but I'm going to leave you with one more track. This is their contribution to the Black Sabbath album called Volume 4 Redo. came out in 2020. It's a compilation of up-and-coming metal bands doing covers of Sabbath, the Volume 4 album. And this is them doing Super Not. 
I'm the Vernomatic. This is Metal Mayhem ROC. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to Metal Mayhem ROC. Check out our websites at MetalMayhemROC.com and MetalForever.com for information on upcoming concerts, podcasts, archives, and all sorts of info. Please like, follow, and share with everyone, even your non-metal friends. Catch us next time on WLFE-DV Radio. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.